We are here in the house of the Lord for a number of reasons, one of which is to worship the Lord. The other is to hear the word of the Lord. And uh, I'm grateful for Pastor Williams, uh, who is with us. He's been with us for a while. You can be seated. Uh, who's been with us for a while uh, now. And, um, of course, this is his daughter, one of his daughters, Melissa, here, who helps to lead. Uh, for those of you who don't know him, but uh, he is going to come and preach to us this morning the word of the Lord. And I'm grateful for this brother because he loves the word. And, uh, and there's just, when the word is preached, he is, he is all over it. And he is also a preacher himself. So I want him to come today and let's just welcome him here this morning to give us the word of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Yes, amen. amen? There are so many places we could be right now, but <laughs> in his presence is where we love to be. Yes. So many things happen when you are in his presence. So many things happen when you come into a place of worship. For those who are not here, there is no way we can ever impart to them what we receive here. Yes. They got to be here to receive it. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I just thank the Lord for this, um, for this fellowship this morning. You know, this is a wonderful church. Wonderful fellowship. Wonderful congregation. I, I never forget the first time I came to this church. And I don't know, I, I always remember it. You see that entrance there? The first time I came to this church, when I passed that entrance, I felt something touch me on my head. And I know that the Spirit of the Lord dwells here. And when you come here, God is here. He wants to bless us. So when we come into a fellowship, we should always be anticipating a special blessing from the Lord. God is good, amen? amen. And he moves in mysterious ways. Sometimes we can't understand how he operates. But the songwriter says that he is the God of the mountain, but he's also the God of the valley. And this is the day that he has made. Whether it is raining, or the sun is shining, or, the, or, or it is cold, or it is snowing, that's the day the Lord has made. And the thing is that he is capable, capable of keeping us intact. With all that is happening around us. When you wake in the morning, praise God that you are not in the hospital. <laughs> you are not in the prison. You are not in some, some severe pain. But you are healthy. And you can praise the Lord. And what pl better place to be than in his house. David said, I was glad when he said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. 
Amen? You know, I look at the facilities that we have here, and I wonder, all the time I wonder, I say, man, this is a wonderful place. Nice, you know, nice climate, nice temperature, nice seating place, you know. Um, I don't know, this place should have been packed to capacity. <laughs> you know, people go, go to these um, ball games, and <laughs> they sit on this hard seat, no? And they would sit there for hours. But we don't want to come here to worship the Lord. Let's say just for an hour, no? Praise God for the songs that were selected this morning. It really blesses my heart. You know, we, are, we have been ministered by song just now. I know the Lord is going to minister to us through his word. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for this hour. We thank you for your presence, for your power, and your, for your ministering spirit. And we know, God, that you have a special word for each and every one of us. God, we come here, and we have different circumstances that we are going through, different issues. But God, I thank you this morning that you are capable of fixing every one of them. At the same time, so reach out to us. Reach out to us in a special way, God. Whatever our circumstances are, minister to us through your word that when we leave from here, we could say it was good for us to be in your house. So thank you for each and every person that is sitting under your word right now, God. And take your word and minister it to us. Bless me. Anoint me. Touch my lips, touch my mind this morning as I present your word. And let your word go forth in the power of the Holy Ghost. And accomplish what you want it to accomplish. Bind every powers of darkness that will try to hinder your word this morning, God. And have your way in us. We ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know... There are so many things we can talk about or preach about, no? And the pastor can tell you, we, we, we have a multitude of topics. But when it's time to come here, we seek the Lord and we say, Lord, what do you want your people to hear? And when I was asked to preach today, a word came to my mind, a very powerful word. Is transformation. And this morning I want to talk to us about transformation. Because transformation is something that begins at conversion and it goes on either until you die or until Jesus comes. So you, you are always being transformed from glory to glory, from level to level. And I want to thank God that it is so important for us to seek transformation in our lives. In the book of Romans, in chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world. Hello? Amen. You know, I love the word. There is life in the word. And when you read the word, you don't read it like any ordinary book. You read it and and allow the Holy Ghost to minister to you. Yes, yes. 
What is it in these few verses of these few words? Huh? He said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? That should be our number one desire to know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for our lives. Somebody asked me sometime in the past, he said, Pastor Williams, how do you know what is God's will for your life? How do I know? And that was simple for me. I said, do you have a Bible? He says, yes. I asked her to read the Bible. Read the word of God. And allow the Holy Spirit to help you to discover what is God's will for your life. Amen? Some can sing. Some can preach. Some can minister to others. And we all have different gifts, different things that the Lord has placed upon our heart that he wants for us to get involved in. Amen? You know, I realize that it is not enough for us to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, then sit back, hello? Then sit back and wait until either we die or Jesus comes to rapture us away. Amen? It is not enough. So whichever comes first, whether you die or Jesus comes, you know, it is not enough for you just to get saved and to come and sit down and warm seat. It's an awesome fellowship when we come here. But that is not our main purpose. We need to know God and make him known. So we all have a responsibility from the janitor <laughs> right up. Everybody have a responsibility. We are in kingdom's work. We are doing kingdom's work. So whether you clean the chair or you, or, or, or you sweep the floor or you open the window or you put on the light or the temperature or whatever it is, whatever you do, you are involved in kingdom work. Because if, if you don't have somebody to come here to open the door, well, we will, we will have to stand out there until that person comes. But whatever you do in kingdom work, it is important. You know, Second Peter chapter 3 and verse, nine, verse 18. Now remember what our topic is? Transformation. Hello? Transformation. Second Peter 3 verse 18 says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow. And, and, and as I look around, I realize, because I, I, I'm a person that gets to speak to so many people. And as I speak to people, I understand that some people are not mature in the grace of God. They have not grown in the grace of God. 
Yes, they are a child of God. They have given their life to the Lord. But you cannot have a, a comfortable conversation with them because they, they don't know very much. It is our responsibility. It is my responsibility to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's my responsibility. It's not the responsibility of the pastor or my wife or my husband or anybody else. Each and every one of us have a personal responsibility to grow in the grace of God. Amen? See, God, it's not about your father. It's not about your mother. It's not about your children, your brother, your sister, your pastor. You have a personal responsibility to grow in the grace of God. And you can't do that <laughs> by sitting back and relaxing. You know, it, it has been so, uh, more than a year now, and we are, we are going through this pandemic season, huh? but I don't know what people do during this time, but let me tell you something. I spend some quality time in this book. And I thank God for the, for the lockdown, no? so to speak. Because you are locked down physically, but spiritually, you have the word of God. And you know, I have a problem when I hear about these, these rules or these exercises in Belize, you know, that they only allow certain amount of people to be in the building. You know? It, it, it doesn't bother me, but I'm annoyed about it because the church, to me, during the pandemic, the church is the most important element because we need the church to get on their knees and to call out on God to help us through this through this time. It is sad to note that even Christians panic about the pandemic and they even panic and have questions about the vaccine and they are not comfortable. Well, praise God, I'm comfortable. <laughs> with the pandemic, with the vaccine, with whatever is there, I'm comfortable. You know? Like when they were, when they were introducing the vaccine, yeah, my, um, my doctor encourages me to take the vaccine and I tell my doctor, I say, you know what? I, I, I don't think I need that vaccine because my God is able to protect me. I am protected by Almighty God and I have no fear about this pandemic because God can keep me so they keep asking me about it and I prayed about it and I you know I think about it and I and they tell me, well, you know, you, you are you are over sixty-five, you know, and you are um, things can happen if you get the get that virus. So when I decided to take it, I went and I told the doctor, okay, I'll take the vaccine. And when I take the first shot, you know, the doctor remember what I told him. 
He said, no, Mr. Williams, he said, you are double protected. <laughs> so praise God, amen? But God have a reason for everything. And I don't question the pandemic. And you know what I tell people? I tell them that this coronavirus pandemic that we are facing right now is not the first pandemic. Because if you do a research in the 17th century and the 18th century and the 19th century, there were more serious pandemic than the coronavirus. And you know what I say? I say this is not the last pandemic. <laughs> because <laughs> when you look in the book of Revelation and you see what is going to happen down the road, you know, you know that you know that you know that there are more serious things to happen down the road. And people will be frightened when they hear news popping up of what is going to happen down the road. I try to keep in touch with a few things, but I keep in touch with Revelation, the book of Revelation. Last year, I get an opportunity to go through it very slowly, timely, and to get a clear picture of what is going to happen. Because things are going to happen. And just this week, I, I, I told my wife, you know, I said, you know what? One of the topics that should be, that we should try to revive or talk about is the future. What will happen as we see in Revelation from chapter 4 right down to 19? See what is happening. Get, get familiar with what is going to happen so that when things begin to happen, you are not surprised. It doesn't take you off guard. Amen? So, Paul, in his letter to the churches, I say churches because it's not only to the Rome, and not only to Rome, but to the churches, whichever churches are there, his letter to the churches encourages us to be transformed. Paul realizes the importance of transformation. If you don't grow in the grace of God, you will be in big trouble. You don't read your Bible, you will be in big trouble. Because today, the pastor can tell you and I can tell you that there are so many voices out there. There are so many teachings out there. And unless you get in the word for yourself, you won't be able to identify whether these teachings are false or they are true. Too many voices out there. Thank God for his word. And thank God for the time we spend in the word so that we can equip ourselves in such a way that we can identify what is false? And how we identify it? Because it doesn't line up with the word of God. I tell people all the time, whatever you hear, whatever you see, whatever you read, if it is not in line with the word of God, reject it. Reject it. Because we are living in the last days and the devil is all out to do two things. To deceive and to distract. And he will use anybody, any circumstances, anything to deceive us and to distract us. But we do not want to be deceived. We do not want to be distracted. Amen? We want to hang in there with God. Because we know that he is the God of the mountain and he is the God of the valley. So, 
Paul encourages us to be transformed. Not conformed to this world. Hello? Did you notice that there is a trend in the churches today to be conformed to this world? I, I love this congregation. I love a small congregation. I'm not, old, I'm not so much for these mega churches, right? And these um, high-tech music and things like that. No, 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 no. Give me the old-time religion, amen? You say, don't be conformed to this world. There is a danger in being conforming to this world. Sometimes when you're going to some church and you see what's happening in some church, you say this is no different than what is happening in the world. It's like the church is trying to compete with the world. We've got to be very careful about that. I don't entertain anything. And as a pastor in Belize, I have received letters from other churches inviting our church to go and protest the government and protest this and protest that. I don't even bother to respond to those letters. Because we are not here to protest anything. We are here to pray. And as we become knowledgeable of what is happening around us, get on your knees and pray. Pray for your government. And when I tell some people that, they say, how oh, will you pray for a government that is so corrupt? Well, I don't know, but God said pray for the government. He told the people in Babylon, he said pray for Babylon. Because if Babylon, Babylon welfare is your welfare, and if Babylon change for the good, you will, you will benefit. So we need to pray for our government. I, do, I don't protest government. I don't even fight against people. If I see you in a certain situation, I pray for you. I will not criticize you. I will not tear you apart. I will not share your concern with others. We are here to bear one another burden. And we don't bear one another burden by you telling me your circumstances and I go and tell the other person. No, no, no. We need to bear one another burden. So, thank God for Paul's encouragement for us. He said, be not transformed to the, conformed to this world. He realizes that, are, that, that there were many in, in the churches in his days. There were many that have been, a, let's say, been a Christian for many years. They have given their life to the Lord. But he observed that they were not being transformed. They were just, I would call, a nominal Christian. I don't want to be a nominal Christian. I want to be transformed. I want to know. I want, I, I want to know what is God's will for my life. You know, in this Christian life, we say, people say, we are saved. I am saved. I have repented of my sin. We say we have been converted. We are children of God. We are Christians. These are the things we love to say, right? But how can the world believe us when our lives are still the same? Would they believe us? I don't think so. Our lives should be should not be conformed to this world, but our lives should be transformed 
The scripture tells us that you are the light of the world. I am the light of the world. If I hide my light, the world will see nothing. Amen? So he said, let your light shine before men. What is that light that we have to shine before men? Not the barge on our shoulder, but our lifestyle. Let our life shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify God in heaven. Did you know as Christians we can become a hindrance for people coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Because they say, well, if that's what the Christian life is all about, brother, we have it out here too. <laughs> so we must have something different from the world to give to them. The world is searching for answers. I don't know if you realize this. The world is crying out there. The world is searching for answers. And you know who have the answers? Children of God. We have the answer. Because we know where we were. We know where God has brought us from. And we know where he has us now. And the same thing that he has done for us, he can do for the world. So we need to get out there and let people know. Amen? So we are the light of the world. And, the, and, and we need to shine our light so that people can see our good works. It is said that you, um, your lifestyle speaks so hard, I can't hear what you're saying. You ever heard that one before? Your life is speaking so loud. I can't hear what you're saying. Because you are telling me something, but your life is saying something different. And it is saying so hard, I cannot hear what you're saying. Or I cannot believe what you're saying. We need to not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. Amen? See, maturity in Christ has nothing to do with how much years you have been a Christian. No, 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 no. I've been a Christian for two years now. But the amount of years that I've been a Christian has nothing to do with maturity. Had I not seek to grow in the grace of God, I would have remained the same way. Understand that. You need to make a decision. You're going to grow in the grace of God or you are going to remain the same way. I thank God I did not remain the same way. Because every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And I come to a point where I realize that there is life in the word. And I will live by the word. You come with anything else other than the word, I will reject you. Amen? So, in my first year as a Christian, I had developed a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. I did not wait four or five years to develop that hunger. In the first year of my Christian life, I developed a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. I wanted to know more about the Christian life. Did you know some people can't even explain what the Christian life is all about? Sad, amen? I wanted to know what is the Christian life? What is it about this Christian life? 
I came in. I gave my life to the Lord. I did not have a clue of what the Christian life was all about. You got to get into it to know it. So if you are not a Christian, I, I tell a guy one time because he was, he was talking about the Christian life and about Christianity. I asked him, I said, sir, are you a Christian? He said, no. I said, well, you don't have any authority to speak about Christianity. And he didn't say another word. <laughs> but in my first year as a Christian, I developed that hunger and that thirst. You need to have a hunger and a thirst for God. It's not about coming to church every, every, every time the church is open. But it's to have a hunger and a thirst for God that when you leave from here, you will dive into this because of the hunger and the thirst that is in you. So I wanted to know more about the Christian life because I didn't know anything much. I wanted to know more about God and my relationship to him, with him, no? I want to know how that, how that relationship will work. God, I'm his child. I need to have a relationship, a fellowship with him. I want to know more about it. How can I experience the joy of the Lord? Jesus said, he come that you might have life, abundant life. But do you know what that abundant life is all about? I realize that it is simple. Peace, joy, and happiness. That is abundant life. If you can have peace, joy, and happiness in every circumstances that your life gets into, you are okay. Amen? But see what happens? Sometimes the things that we are involved in, rob us of our peace, our joy, and our happiness. If you can have peace and joy in happiness, and happiness in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your problem, that is what abundant life is all about. You need to maintain that peace and that joy and that happiness. And only God can help you to maintain that. My desire was reading the word of God, praying, and spend time meditating on the word of God. I love to meditate. I love to read the word of God. I love to spend time praying. Did you know that there is a lot of things to pray about? When I, tell, when I tell folks that for me to sit quietly and pray for an hour is no problem. They were pastor, how you, how, how you pray for an hour? What do you pray about? I tell him, well, there is so much thing to pray about. There is so much thing to thank God for. There is so much thing to pray about your personal life, your family, and the world. Come on, this is not only about you. So, so there is so much. You know, if, if, if you sit down and you think about it, you can make a long list. And you can sit there and just... Stand in the gap for yourself, your family, and for others. So I love to do that. I love to allow the Holy Ghost to reveal or to give me the interpretation of this word. 
You realize that everybody uses Bible, but everybody can't understand what this Bible is saying. They read the scripture, and you know, Solomon, the wisest man on the face of this earth, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. And we run into problems when we lean on our own understanding. Let God guide you, guide your path. Let him direct you. Amen? So, you cannot lean on your own understanding. Hence the reason you have one Bible, but you have many different teachings. Some are teaching from revelation, from the power of the Holy Ghost. Some are, teach, are teaching from their own understanding. You can't read the word of God and put your interpretation on it. You will run into problem. To be conformed to this world will hinder you from growing in the grace of God. Amen? I don't want anything to hinder me from growing in the grace of God. I want to grow in the grace of God. So I'm going to do what I need to do. In order for us to grow in the grace, of the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we must be willing to get rid of everything that besets us. Did you know as believers we want to hold on to some things? Now if your hand is filled, and I want to give you something in order for you to receive it, you need to put that away. We have things in our life that is hindering us from receiving what God wants us to receive. The scripture uses the word beset. There are weights and sins that besets us. And we cannot experience the fullness of God. And I think about two things that are besetting us. And you would be surprised. Religion and culture. People would want to knock me down for that. Amen. <laughs> Religion and culture. Religion is holding people back. Hindering them. From experiencing the fullness of God. The Holy Ghost cannot work in and through you properly. Because you hold on to religion. Then you hold on to culture. You know. There's a lot of culture. You know, and people hold on to it. They come to the church. They gave their life to the Lord. But they hold on to their culture. They will not let go of their culture. And their culture is hindering them from experiencing God in its fullness. So religion and culture, see what happened. There is a difference between religion and Christianity. You know. Religion and Christianity is not the same thing. See religion, in religion, man make every effort to try to reach out to God. And you know what is Christianity? God has done everything to reach down to sinful man. And we are all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But he has reached down to us. 
So you are out there making all effort, killing out yourself, wearing out yourself to try to please God. Come on, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything will be added unto you. We cannot transform our life alone or by ourselves. So if you think you can do it by yourself, you're making one of the big mistakes. The devil have tricked you, have deceived you into believing that you can be the kind of Christian God wants you to be. You cannot do it alone. You need God. You need the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen? So that you will be able, God, he is the helper. He is the one that is going to help you to transform your life. To make you the kind of person that he wants you to be. You can't do it on your own. No matter how much knowledge you have of the word of God. If you don't have wisdom to apply the knowledge, it's a problem. And who will give you the wisdom? The Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Amen? So we need to allow the Holy Spirit to help us to be that kind of person that God wants us to be. Philippians 2.23, it says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen? It is God. Don't try to pat yourself on the back and say you have done well. You have not done well. It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God has started a work in you. And believe me, he will not leave you halfway. He brought you this far and he will continue to take you to the end. God has never started anything that he is not willing to finish. So what he has started in your life, understand that he will continue it. To the end. Second Corinthians 5 20, 17. He says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I am not who I used to be. So if you know me, let's say 45 years ago, <laughs> I've been a Christian for 42 years. So if you have known me before that, I am not the same person. This is, the diff this is a different Will Ford. It's not the same Will Ford. When I gave my life to the Lord, some of my friends told me, say, you love the world so much, I'll give you a couple months and you're coming back. Well, praise God, they give me 42 years and I haven't gone back. <laughs> so praise God for that, amen? But all things become new. You know, we have a chorus we like to sing, but I don't know if we really mean, mean what we are singing, no? <laughs> we sing a lot of songs. But let me tell you something. It's good to read those words and apply it to your life. I, my, my mind went to a chorus that we sing from Sunday school days. It's a great change since I've been born. It's a great change, you know? Is it a great change? Are we seeing reality? <laughs> if you haven't changed, then you, 
you better don't sing that song until you see the need to change. For me, I can sing that with, with, oh, with all joy. It's a great change since I've been born again. Amen? Songwriter say, the things I used to do, I do them no more. Check yourself. The things I used to do, I do them no more. Because it is a great change since I've been born again. Amen? Ephesians 4.22 says that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to this, the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may, and, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. We need to put off, we need to put off that old man. All of us know what that old man was about. Amen? That old man might be me. For me, that old man was a drunkard. Hello? Smoke marijuana. Do a whole lot of things that was not right in the eyes of God. But the new man, praise God for the new man. Amen? I need to put on the new man which is in Christ Jesus. The new man is different from the old man. When we seek to transform our lives, our life will be changed. And people, others will see Christ in us. And I have a verse I cannot I cannot um, left out. Paul in Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know something about that verse? The natural man don't understand that. You got to be born again in, a, in order for you to understand that. Paul says the natural man cannot understand the things of God. I am crucified with Christ. I'm not talking about getting on a cross. <laughs> the old man have been crucified. It's not the old man living anymore. The old man is not dictating, dictating things right now. It is God dictating our life now. So it is no longer I that live it, but Christ that liveth in me. So in closing, I want to tell you that transformation has to do with putting off the old man. That's how me behave. This is the way I used to live. This is me. <laughs> So you better change me. You got to put off the old man. And put on a new man. Put on a new me. There is a new me to put on. Amen? And that new me is in Christ Jesus. I in him, he in me. Simple. You don't need a rocket scientist to come and tell you that. <laughs> 
I in him, he in me. Then we can say like Paul, this life that I live, no longer I that live it, but Christ that liveth in me. I challenge you, I encourage you. Let that life that you are living be the life that Christ is living in you. Not your life. Forget about the old man. The old man couldn't help you. Hence the reason you come to Jesus and to receive that new man, a new life in Christ. So I just challenge you, think about it. Examine your life, see what adjustment you need to make. Because we are not perfect, we need help all along the way. But I challenge you, I encourage you, put off the old man and put on a new man, which is in Christ Jesus. You have Jesus, you have everything. You don't have Jesus, you don't have nothing. <laughs> so let us stand.